1: Welcome to another Happy Pod, the only podcast in the world. My name is Nathan, I'm joined by my co-host Lawrence, and he's going to tell us what this show is all about. So why don't you do that now, you big ugly cunt? Oh, no, come on! <laughs> That's not fair at all! <laughs> Nathan, I don't like it, but I'm going to have to say it. This is the show where each week we get together to discuss something in the realm of pop culture. It could be a movie, it could be a telly show, it could be a video game, but the main thing is that we do so without of the top... With- but the main thing is that we do so without any of the toxic discourse that is oh so prevalent these days. Flawless execution. Thank you. Well, it was because I'd cut it, <laughs> okay, <laughs> right? Yes. That makes it sound like a big mistake. I professionally stopped and then I started again. You know what? I'm leaving it in. They can hear it. Great. Well done. Uh, Lawrence, what has been going on? <laughs> in life in general? What Like politics? What are you asking me? <laughs> well, I've been tirelessly at work on putting up our YouTube channel. Yeah, Um, so I've been bringing that back from the dead, um, and that is launching this coming Monday. Um, Okay, (laughs) you know this? What are you? What are you like? (laughs) Oh, really? I'm giving you a platform to be like no, oh yeah, just I mean, like, it's, okay. it's boring if I'm like yeah it is like I'm 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 the <laughs> but, audience surrogate right, but here. It's less boring if you're like oh okay I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> I'm the shocked audience surrogate Nathan. I'm wow I'm I'm arming and ahhing along you with You might as it. well be shocked with how much you had to do with it. Um <laughs> the <laughs> it's a uh, it's not strictly another happy pod YouTube channel. It's another happy studios which is our like podcast network sort of thing uh so yeah you'll be able to find uh, both this podcast still got legs and we will possibly be doing some youtube exclusives up there as Ooh. well and uh, just some fun little videos from time to time not gonna lie they probably will mainly we still got legs focused but we'll we'll see what we can do uh for this uh piece of shit as well we'll throw we'll throw something in here well. We'll, we'll throw you guys a bone yeah. if we have to we'll I throw guess bone yeah. every once in a while um, hopefully by now the back catalogue should be fully uploaded oh, I say that tentatively um, at the time of recording I've still got um, a bit well all I've still got legs to do but I hopefully should get that done by the time this goes up um, but, you're mostly done with this podcast though aren't yeah it? this one's mostly finished um, but but then I got that podcast Um but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, so that's youtube.com forward slash another happy studios, I guess. There'll be a link. Um, so <laughs> I'll put it in the description of this episode. So go and get yourself subscribed, but maybe wait till Monday. Otherwise, your recommendations are going to be fucked. No, they won't. Why would they be fucked? Because of mass uploads for Still Got Legs. Why would that affect their recommendations? Oh, no, because it, it will come up in their sub-feeds, won't it? Yeah, that's not their recommendations, though, is it? Oh, I'm an old man. I don't know how this stuff works. I just... <laughs> this is your, this is it will be somewhere on your homepage. This is literally your job. This is literally what you get paid to do, Lawrence. I get paid to edit videos. I don't get paid to look at YouTube. That's not my job. <laughs> you don't go fucking whatever. You should know how YouTube works if it's your job, you dickhead. YouTube isn't my job. When YouTube cut me a check, I'll learn how recommendations works. YouTube is basically your job. Where do all the videos you edit go? Not all of them. Where do most of the videos you edit go? All right, you got me there. It's YouTube. Fine. (laughs) There you go. Nathan, how are you? Tired. You sleepy boy. I just watched a three-hour fucking movie oh no i'm I'm worried about this are we getting are we getting cross nathan are we getting bitter nathan are we getting excited nathan what nathan are we getting? definitely not getting excited nathan (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) now you should be overjoyed to do the podcast nathan i always enjoy doing the podcast lawrence i i don't know i'm well we'll talk about this are you are you are you deflated from the the sheer gravitas and weight of the moral quandaries you're left to ponder after watching oppenheimer by christopher nolan I'm deflated from watching an okay movie, which goes on way too long, with terribly written female characters, and... Oh, and, I'm going to hate this. And, I'm going to uh, hate this so much. And uh, a premise that... Uh, well, we'll get into it. I is this going to be an after-sun? Do I have it in me to listen to you talk about Oppenheimer? Well, you're going to, regardless. So <laughs> I know, but... It, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Am I going to go to bed miserable? <laughs> No, I I hated After Sun. I don't hate this. I don't like it, but I swear you used to like it. We've had we we briefly touched on it in Barbie. It has, yeah. I think I I think I was caught up in the cinematic experience of it because okay, watching it at home when you know I'm I'm not deafened by the. The speakers and the sound mixing is once again bad because I don't have a full surround system like they do in the cinemas. I, I, had, I had fine. I was fine with it. We have the same telly. All right, great. Well, I wasn't. I, I it's a uh, there's there's less that distracts me from the story and the Nolanisms of it all. And and I think I've realized. I think I'm starting to realize that I just. I just don't like Nolan's style. It's just, I just don't think he's for me really. And I, yeah. I like Interstellar a lot. I think Interstellar's like his, his outsider, I think because it's like his most normal movie. I guess. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It, look, it is, but Oppenheimer is one of their movies where it's like, it's, it's, it's Nolan on like drugs. Crack. acid. Yeah. Cocaine. Yeah. It's, it's Nolan as Nolan as he's ever been. It's too much Nolan. Oh, see, that's... that's. I mean, I guess, look, we found, we found the uh, the which way Western man moment. It, you either like Nolan or you don't. And if you don't like it, then this movie is definitely not one for people that don't like him. And I don't think I do. I think I'm just starting to realize <laughs> that now. How many Nolan movies has it taken you to understand this, to get this impression? Quite a few. Hate to Dunkirk, didn't like... What don't you like about Dunkirk is like, Dunkirk's one of their movies that it just can't put a foot wrong for me. Like, it's inoffensive. No, but like, what I'm saying is like, there's no there's no plot stuff to be like, I hate this. It's all form, it's all direction, it's all there's real planes in the sky, which all looks cool. Can you name a single woman in Dunkirk? <laughs> Nathan! <No>, but, <laughs> but no, that just, is no, not just, just, just the no, be no. all and end all. No, I know it's not, but it's a factor, and it's a factor for me yeah and me i'm not saying he's perfect by a long shot <laughs> okay. i just look but can you answer that question without saying the nurse who didn't have a name <laughs> i mean i don't even like remember the nurse exactly. so i take your point so... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm still allowed to like dunker all right you can i'm not saying you can't <laughs> <all> right <laughs> i'm just i'm just pointing out something which okay you know, it, it's it's a factor of his movies, okay. I I do I do agree. I I agree. And boy, is it a factor of this one. Ah, oh, see, I, that's what I don't agree there. I think Emily Blunt and Florence Pugh are great in this, and agreed. I under I understand that there is limitations on their screen time. I get that entirely. But there's other stars that there have limitations. Not as my well. issue all. Not my issue all. Okay, I'm curious to get there, but let's not jump straight in yet internet seen it bad this seen it it's fine um um dunkirk seen it bad um it's not bad Jare, <laughs> stop just saying bad for me this is my personal opinion all right this fine. is my personal subjective opinion all right okay Okay. Yes. uh interstellar great loved it have a good time with it one of my favorite movies genuinely is uh inception bad um <laughs> memento funny but not good Okay. No, 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 not Memento. Um haven't seen Memento, sorry. I meant um, Wizard Fight Yeah, Wizard 5. Prestige. Yeah, Prestige. 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 Yeah. yeah. Funny, but not good. <laughs> I can see where you're coming from with that one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought for a second there, I thought you had one of the all time craziest reads on Memento, and I was just prepared to get on board to hear that. <laughs> no, I haven't seen Memento. And to be honest, I'm scared too. Before we delve into any of that, let us discuss Barbenheimer. Okay. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, we already touched on it in Barbie, obviously, but it's, it, I do think that this movie, like, it's... I think you said it, and I think you said it best when you said that it. <laughs> that they need to cut Barbie a check, right? <laughs> like, for the... Chris Chris, Nola needs to write Margot Robbie and Greg Erick a very big thank you letter, okay? Yes. Because ain't no way this was getting to, <laughs> what, like, 800 million or whatever the fuck it made without the help yeah. of Barbenheimer. Not, not a yeah. chance was this was this doing that. i've heard people say that it's like it would have made money and yes it would have made some money it would not it would, have yeah. even kissed a billion that's like no. that's impossible for without like everyone's dad going to see this and everyone going to see it after they saw barbie cuz like yeah barbie was the audience pool it's impossible to ask like a well firstly it's 3 hours long there's only so many times you can show it a day yeah. um and secondly and it's not as good as barbie <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, will I just get you to be impartial for one minute? All right. I'm just saying it's not as well directed as as my uh, girl, Greg Gerwig's masterpiece. There's Barbie. I think it's I think it's better directed. I oh, think those are words. No, they're not words I think largely people would agree it's a better directed movie. I, I'm not saying I dislike Barbie at all. I love Barbie. But no, I guess we'll never know. I guess. <laughs> well, no, we will. Hang on all right look it's i i love to see and this is tricky right because warner brother chris nolan used to work exclusively with warner brothers then they dicked him around with the tenet release fuck warner bros yeah and then nolan was like i'm gonna go to universal and i wrote down and i'm only now realizing how wrong it is i love to see warner brothers lose and i hate to see universal win but really they both won in what (laughs) sense did warner brothers lose they put imagine imagine if they put out both of these like but they it, but if they would if they did they want to they want to put them out on the same weekend so barbenheimer yeah. wouldn't have been the thing barbenheimer was only a thing because the release dates were the same and they yeah. were like oh look at these two movies that are complete <laughs> polar opposites wouldn't that be fun to all do this apparently there was a studio exec on universal side as well that was like uh we need to move oppenheimer and like thank god yeah. that didn't happen yeah <laughs> That'd have been like the stupidest decision you could have ever. Well, made. that that's the thing, but like, like this has never happened before. Like, moving it would be a sensible choice, but the fact that they didn't allowed for this, and that's like, it's not even a gamble because they weren't expecting it, and the studio had no involvement. Like, this has clearly just happened for some reason out of nowhere. I which think I, love. I think it's a really it's a really beautiful thing. It's it it shows the power that the people have. Really, yeah. It's it's one of those moments where. I I think honestly I think studios should look at that and be scared because mm. they should think it it wasn't some marketing campaign that fucking decided to spend eight hundred million to go see fucking Oppenheimer and Barbie. All right, yeah. It wasn't some high executive pulling out these release date plans or anything like that. It was some prick on Twitter who <laughs> noticed it <was> that the <laughs> release date were the same and went, "Oh, wouldn't this be funny?" And then everyone yeah. went. That would be funny. Let's do it. I'm in. All right. And then we all decided to go, except you, because you didn't take part. Um, <laughs> but we all decided to, to go to Barbenheimer. I saw him close enough to go. <laughs> no, you right. didn't take part. It's not the same day. It does not count. I, um, I went from no. screen to screen, Lawrence. All right. Oh, and you wouldn't shut up about it either. Yeah, well. Oh, my gosh. You had a fucking nice rest in between. Yeah. Like a little piss baby. Went in fresh. That's what I say um uh yeah it's fucking insane and i love that like the lesson they should take from it is like word of mouth is fucking powerful like Mm. for better or for worse but the lesson they actually took from it was oh what do you guys think of saw patrol and everyone was like shut the fuck up immediately Mm. yeah (laughs) oh god will they ever learn to do the right thing no they won't they won't nathan this is nominated for 13 oscars if you can believe it 13 too many no that's not true you must know that that's not true no i'm being facetious stop being hyperbolic but but i also i don't know i i do i I have issues with the oscars as a whole awards are meaningless the only thing i like them for is the fact that they actually can push people into spaces like new talent like (laughs) and and chris nolan and his little indie movie (laughs) oppenheimer 200 million dollar budget <laughs> little Chris <laughs> and this humble little project that he worked on you know, <laughs> they really need this this big boost to, to get it seen and to get out there don't they? No, but what I will say is it will have that effect for someone who was not a small name before this by any means and box office track records should speak for itself but people are going to very much enjoy saying Oscar nominated uh, Greta Gerwig and people are going to want to say, like, if she wins, like, for she's screenwriting. Nominated. Oh, she nom- yeah, she's nominated for screenwriting. Yeah, so. but, like, that's going to make... Firstly, that's going to send her rates through the roof and also make her an attractive choice and pretty much give her the pick of the lot of whatever she wants to work on. Like, it does afford people creative freedom once they have that label attached to them, which I I disagree with, but I can't I can't disparage what it how it helps, in a way. Shall we just jump into it? Where do you want to start with Oppenheimer? I don't. <laughs> Nathan, for fucks! Don't make me pull teeth for this, please. All right. Even so if you hate it, talk. The runtime—it's too long. Disagree. Show you're working. It's three hours. That's my fucking working. All right. Titanic is one of your favorite movies, is it yes. not? Yes. And three hours And but Titanic justifies its runtime. I think this absolutely justifies its runtime. It justifies its runtime up until about an hour forty-five, and then you're fuck. You're insane. What? So the so that you're saying the Trinity test shouldn't have been in the movie. Oh, sorry, I didn't know the exact fucking time code of the Trinity test, Lawrence. Sorry, I haven't studied the fucking time codes of this movie. I'm it's it's, built, it's a end. very clear three-act structure. It should end with the Trinity test. Okay, if I read you a quote, are you going to cry? Probably. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll prepare. The movie starts with the phrase, with the quote, Prometheus stole fire from the gods and gave it to man. <laughs> For this, he was chained to a rock and tortured for eternity. What is your understanding of this quote and how it relates to the movie? Why is it up the top? <laughs> Main school? Are you? Are you? Are you? Hold on, Are you framing me up to be a dumb cunt who doesn't understand movies? No, I'm, I'm, I will be making a point, but I'm not saying that at all. Okay. I, this is this is my antithesis for why I disagree that this movie shouldn't be three hours long. Prometheus stole fire from the gods and gave it to man. For this, he was chained to a rock and tortured for eternity. So why is that quote at the top of the movie? Because it's Oppenheimer, and it's like he made the big bomb and he felt bad about it. Yeah, and when he was tortured for eternity, Mm. he's obviously, that's not just himself. He was chained to a rock. That's an act of someone else putting him on a trial for it, right? So you're saying that we are tortured for eternity? Because we have to watch this movie what i'm saying is the movie is not about it's called oppenheimer it's not called the manhattan project it's not called trinity test it's it's about the making of the bomb yes but then it's also about how people reconcile with that and how once you give man that power man can easily take it away from someone and warp it and change it into something that was you know to say it was unintended for that purpose is ridiculous and that comes under the character of oppenheimer but my point is if you cut the third hour out of this, which I think you've said, would you? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Talking that's the judgment gone. No, hold on. I'm not talking just cleanly and then mm-hmm. do nothing else. I'm obviously you'd fucking take some at the beginning and some in the middle and fucking some here and there. All right, You're I'm talking not about condensing saying, it. All. Yes, I'm not just saying cleanly. Lob off the last hour and make no other changes because obviously that would so be what's fucking the stupid. You'd cut? All the Senate Robert Danny Jr. bullshit. Unneeded. But that's all of him being tried. That's that's and, that's and the I manipulation and, of man chaining Prometheus to the rock. All right, open the movie with another quote then. All right? Like, but That's it. not what he's trying to do. Uh, but, I'll, but I don't care. Right? I, I don't, don't like three-hour movies. The movie's wrong for this. Not me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I'm, what I'm saying is, all right, I know what the fucking movie's about, all right? I'm saying... Mm it would be better served and would be a better movie, in my opinion, um, if it was solely about the Manhattan Project and wasn't focusing on fucking the Senate hearing, which I have quite a lot of issues with as well because it's it's a movie about fucking Oppenheimer, the father of the atomic bomb, which was dropped Mm. on Japan twice, okay? And Mm. it's all about how he's sad. And then there's a Senate hearing about some other guy and we never once focus on the actual devastation of the bomb. We get, like, fucking bits of it, but it's it's actually just about Senate hearings and how it made this one guy sad, which is a bit... It's, a bit, it's like that fucking meme, which is like... Ah, oh, that meme which is... It says something along the lines of, like, America is wild because they'll invade your country and then make a movie about how sad it made their soldiers. Yeah, I, look, I and take it, your And point. it's the same thing, you know? I, I i i do see where you're coming from but like it the movie's not pro bomb like it, it makes the very no t- it's not this is like I, I know what you're saying about like oh it makes american <laughs> soldiers feel sad and that's like the thing and like oh poor fucking oppenheimer didn't he suffer and i don't think that like i'm not at, at the end feeling sorry for oppenheimer it's oppenheimer's a character and a real person presumably if the film is 100 percent true to life that is a conflicted man but i think honestly should be condemned and should have been treated the way he was treated but that doesn't make the military like infrastructure that treated him poorly also right they're all wrong everyone in this movie that had a hand to play in the development of the bomb sucks and Mm. at the end of the movie when they say we've started a chain reaction you know i you know i think we did that's not like it, it that's not a hooray moment and like I don't take it as a hooray moment at all. No, but but my but my point being, like, I think it made the point that you're saying. I don't need to see fucking Hiroshima and Nagasaki fucking blown up on IMAX to understand that point. Like, I think it's 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 crazy to say for a three-hour movie, but it's subtle. It's about the conversations. It's about like the twisting of the knife, and it's about how this is like the, like it makes the it. Everything you're saying, I think, is summed up in that scene where they, they wipe off a, a city in Japan because of its cultural significance, but also because he honeymooned with his wife there. That that it does make that point, I think. I guess it does, but it makes it through the lens of white men in a boardroom. Yeah, being idiots. But not the actual people it affected. Yeah, because they weren't policy makers or change makers. Exactly. Like they, so, that like, what like I, I'm... <laughs> This is a blunt thing to say, obviously. But, we're, but we're, like... we're seeing it through this lens and not the lens of the people it was actually affected. That's my issue with it. If we saw it through the lens of the people who actually affected and could have some sympathy for them, you know, then mm-hmm. then I might feel differently. Okay. I, look, I can't talk to your interpretation of it. I've just, like, things that I've, like, read on it, like, the fucking, like, hearing Nolan talk about it, It's he has... Yeah, he does treat oppenheimer with this kind of reverence of his importance to history because whether good or bad he was a fucking enormously influential figure in our history Mm. but he never once doesn't condemn it like he never once says and i'm not saying you're saying this but like he's never on the side of it he's never saying i want people to see him as a sympathetic character he's saying it's all laid bare right he's he's treated like shit yes because he's a shit person but then the people that treat him like shit are also shit people. There's no winner in this scenario. Like I just, it's just, I just this devastating need... thing that happened in the world. I just, I just think it's weird in a movie about the fucking the creation of the atom bomb and the Manhattan Project and the destruction of uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima to for the main conflict to be about some petty squabble between Robert Downey Jr. and Oppenheimer. Because that's ultimately mm. what it boils down to. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's yeah. one man's fucking inability to to let some fucking comment that Oppenheimer made go, and and because of that, he thinks like he's he's ruined his life or whatever. And that's ultimately what that whole Senate shit comes down to.
0: Yeah. And, oh, it's entirely just,
1: yeah. And it just seems so unimportant. It, it just seems so pathetic to me that like but that's this the point <laughs> is the main. This is the main fucking like obstacle to overcome of the movie. But it, yeah, I, and and I, you can say that's the point, but that doesn't make it good. That doesn't mean I have to like it. No, I think that's a yeah. bad choice to make personally. Look, fair enough. I can't like I, said, I can't tell you to like it, <laughs> but I'm just saying I think can't, the I like reason one. it the reason it works in spite of that for me is because you don't like if we were to see some perspective from Nagasaki and from Hiroshima and and the victims of the tragedies, like it. That's un, That's not surprising to me. That's going to be like. And well, it's yeah. surprising to see an unrelated squabble. No, no. It's surprising. me no. You you me, no, you, you you're, you're misreading my point because you okay. cut in. Like it. It's not like if I were to see their reactions, be like, we didn't like getting bombed. Yeah, I know. Like, I get that. Like, no one would. And I I totally take that point. I think they, they go for a deeper approach, which is no one needs to be told or shown that the bomb was bad. The second it goes off, the voiceover comes over that he has become death destroyer of worlds, right? That big famous quote, right? The bomb is never once shown as this thing of beauty. It's shown as the second it's been built, it's shown the immediate scene that follows is this, the bomb being carted off and taken away. And then the control spiralling out of Oppenheimer's hands. And this bomb becomes one of the most terrifying things that could happen. And in the hands of such idiots, it makes the case for this was a fucking needless tragedy. The war was virtually won. There was no reason for this bomb to be dropped, let alone for it to be dropped twice. And it's for them to make the point that it's the sheer display of power that is necessary speaks to the hubris and the American ego of we needed to do this. But the point you walk away from the movie is you didn't need to do this. And it was meaningless and it meant nothing. The only thing it did do was inspire an arms race that has forever had the world on the back foot and paranoid of a nuclear war. But what does does that have to do with Robert Downey Jr.? Because this is what I don't understand. All the shit with Robert Downey Jr. seems so fucking unrelated to everything, like what you're saying about the nuclear arms race and the fact that Japan were on the brink of surrender and this was a fucking completely unnecessary thing to do okay because i i mm. agree with all that and i fully understand yeah. all that and i'm like yeah if the movie actually focused on that i'd be with it but instead we're going back and forth for this petty squabble with fucking robert Downey jr and Alden Reich and rami malik showing up out of nowhere to be like <laughs> well, fucking i've got some tea here's this cunts um and and then it, it just seems like fucking in a movie about I don't know, and it it seems like we have a a nice steak meal, okay? Yeah. And here's some jelly to pour on top of it. Well, I like jelly. Oh. Don't get What's me wrong. the jelly? I, I misunderstand the, your the metaphor. The jelly is the jelly is the center here and shit. All right. Okay. The ending all right? hour. Yes. Yes. Okay. Not yeah. not exactly, but yes. No. No. I get all I get right. your point. Yeah. Yes. Um. I'm I'm saying that like they just don't go, and I, and I and I don't see the connection between the two because what you're saying about like fucking. Again, this the, the arms race and everything like that. Fully on board with all that shit. It's yeah. just the Robert Danny Jr. stuff. And great performance, I'll uh, agree. Great performance, mm. but like, what's he got to do with it? What's he got to do with the nuclear arms race? With Oppenheimer's hands in destroying Nagasaki and, and fucking Hiroshima and all that sort of stuff. I I, I can see your point, because it does come across as slightly disconnected from like the larger thesis. And one of my problems with this movie is that it, I think, you walk away from this movie being like, if you love the direction of it, that's great. But it doesn't—it doesn't say much other than condemn a nuclear bomb, which I've always condemned anyway. <laughs> like yeah. that's not something that I think is cool. Um, but for me, the the R D J inclusion and like the the hearings, it shows this like the the level of pettiness that they spend more time on a clearance hearing than any single one of them does thinking about anything else. And like R D J is as hypocritical as he said. You know, he has this big big speech of you know he never once said he was sorry for Hiroshima or Nagasaki but like he doesn't care. it's it's performative because he doesn't care about that he just cares that he was publicly humiliated by a man that he sees as hypocritical because he you know built built the a bomb and then refused to take part in the h bomb and it's all he never once apologized for it fucking oppenheimer doesn't he doesn't want to admit that he was wrong but in he feels this deep kind of conflict and i think like the juxtaposition between the small tiny fucking box hearing for the clearance and then the big senate not trial, but the big Senate hearing for RDJ's job appointment. Like it's 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 all speaks to the pettiness of of that military infrastructure that is just like, yeah, we'll spend fucking days, hours and resources on this. But like none of us give a shit about why it happened. I think that's my issue. In in a movie about fucking and in a story which has which is real and actually happened and hundreds of thousands of lives were lost because of this. Mm. Why am I focusing on this petty squabble? And and if it's to tell me that fucking the American government is inefficient and in its pay, like, I mean, come on, you already knew that. But like, no, and that, like I said, that is one of my problems with the movie. Like, I don't take that from the third hour of it. But like I just said, walking away from the movie, I did want first time and the times I've seen it since, right? I've I've always had the same complaint of like, didn't tell me much more than I already knew. Like, it was interesting to see. The very true to life events of Oppenheimer's life and the lead up. Like it's a good historical piece that tells me largely the truth of what happened. See the link to me is Oppenheimer. And and that's that's the only link I can I can see between like everything mm-hmm. that happened. It's the movie's called Oppenheimer. It it goes from Oppenheimer at a young age to, you know, a, a relatively older age. Um and and it's it's just a, a biopic about Oppenheimer's life. And I think therein lies the issue rather than taking one specific aspect, argue well, the most famous aspect about Oppenheimer's life and focusing on that. Nolan wanting to extend it out and have the the Trinity test and the Manhattan Project, but then also have later stages of the what came after that with these hearings and shit and and, and for me it's it's weaker because of it. I, I would much Fair rather enough. have had a, a more focused movie on the manhattan project and it could have been shorter could have been tighter could have had better you know uh written female characters but again look this this is nothing new the third hour like is divisive like people it's seemingly marmite like in you love it or you hate it and i i happen to really like it i think the third hour is where and not not just for story because i do take on some of what you're saying the the third hour for me is where nolan just fucking goes ridiculous on his direction he tightens it down it's when the music is at its best I think RDJ oh god the music fucking hell you don't like this score it's relentless my god <laughs> that's and the I point think, I think this is this is another uh, way I'm learning I'm just not gelling with Nolan's style he can't, he can't just mm-hmm. let a scene sit he can't just let dialogue happen without this fucking swell of music in the background, which is so jarring and deafening that you cannot understand what's going on. And it, it almost feels chaotic at times because, like, very hmm. rare is it in this movie to have a scene where people are just allowed to talk and there's no music or anything else going on. It's always, yeah. like, scenes which are very intercut with other stuff. And lots of swelling music going on. And it's like three different scenes going on at once. And I'm like, fucking hell, it's sensitivity overload. <laughs> it's, not, it's not very autism friendly, is what I'm saying. Look, I, I get it. I do, I do get it, right? Because one of my first fucking notes that I wrote down, and I wrote this like five minutes in. I think is, like this the, a... the first half an hour is so difficult to follow. I don't have a clue what's going on for, for quite a while in this movie. I don't find it difficult to follow, but I've seen it more than you have. Yeah. Like, I don't remember how I first felt watching I think the first viewing, I came out of it being like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's, was... it's very overwhelming and very chaotic. Yeah. And yeah. there's a lot to it, I think. It, we, we spoke recently about like, certain points in movies. that like, I think we spoke about it on the Creator um, episode. But like, there are certain times in movies that you just go like, oh, hell yeah, that's fucking cool. Right. And like, if you gel with Nolan's style, like I do, for me, this is a three hour version of that moment. Like, the, just like the, the, the way that this moves and the, the the pace on it and how unrelenting it is. It's very much like a, you're on this train for three hours. You can get off if you want, but we're going. Having seen it a few more times, it definitely benefits from, I liked it a lot more on the second watch. How many times have you seen it? Uh, today was my fourth time seeing it. Fucking okay. hell. And I've... <laughs> I put this on my little letterbox review, right? But I've, there's, there's there's Oscar re-releases that are happening. I've already booked my fifth viewing in to see it at the cinema again. <laughs> I'll be perfectly happy if I never watch this movie again. Look, it's not, like I said, it's not for everyone. And I get Nolan has this this way about his filmmaking that is like, if it's not for you, then it's really not for you. Like, because it, mm. it's so abrasive. And like you say, kind of this assault on the senses. Mm. Um, but no, I think it, I like... With that being said, I do think it, like, it's not... This isn't an easy thing to do. Like, it's... I'm not saying it is. Yeah, it's, like, the skill on it, and this is why I kind of said about the direction, like, this is... You need such a fucking steady hand to make this. It's insane how layered this is. And also, like, I haven't finished the book by any means. I'm not even a quarter through it. But, like, the book, it's adapting is fucking dense <laughs> like it is ridiculous mm. not just in like width I mean like reading it you finish a chapter and you're like fuck it up that's a lot <laughs> I don't get the black and white thing I, I don't like this this okay. is if, if, look, if we're gonna seems, get on board seems, about anything it'll be this <laughs> it seems completely fucking random alright it, it just seems like oh I'm gonna make a fucking art house movie and so I'll have scenes in black and white because isn't that artistic or whatever we always will disagree on that point, because I know, right? I can know, but just because I've like, by nature if I've read a lot of his fucking interviews he's done on this and and listened to him speak on it, I think what he goes for, he misses the mark on completely. Yeah. Um, I think when you have black and white in a movie, for better or for worse, audiences, general audiences at least, have come to expect that that means flashback. That's typically what that conveys to an audience, and when you're dealing already with a movie that is told in like fleeting chronological moments and things are out of order and things are constantly cutting backwards and forwards. Another issue I have. Ah, oh, see, that, but that's the that's the style. But that's, <laughs> it's, again, relentless because it doesn't make any of it clear. It, I think it, it does. I mean, it, oh, clearly uh, Murphy looks fu- either really young or really old. It's no, pretty you apparent. Are fu- he looks mostly the same for other movies. Semi- he's got different end. haircuts. No, he's not... <laughs> It's only the, he's wearing a hat for most of it, Lawrence, all right? It's only at the end when he's, like, an old man, and you're like, oh, this is obviously a little bit later. Other than that, he's mostly the same, apart from when he's a young boy and he's got his curls or whatever as but well. But it's, it's set in clear rooms. Like, he, like, if he's in the hearing room, he's, he's an older version of him. Like, but, what, and if he's working then, on the yeah. Manhattan Project, it's yeah. obviously pre-Manhattan Project. Yes, those, clear, okay? I get yeah. that. But then we also have, like, fucking... There's, like, scenes... Um, like, uh, with Robert Downey, like, he goes to... At the beginning, when he goes to, like, first work with Robert Downey Jr., where he goes to work with Strauss, and they they have a meeting or whatever. And then we see them later, like, working, like, a big table with everyone, which I'm like, so this is later on down the line. But again, they, mm. they don't make that clear. They just jump straight back and forth between the fucking... The two of them. Yeah, I, I will say those are the two hardest to decipher, but I, I like, I just pick that up from their location put a fucking title card on there just say just fucking say where it is it's really not that hard it's it's so it's nolan's insistence on like fucking i I got my issues whatever look you can't you can't disparage a man for doing what he thinks is cool like you cannot you can say it should have been done a different way but by that point it's just a different movie yeah (laughs) (laughs) look (laughs) black and white the, the 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 idea and the intention behind it which i think it misses. Um, is that black and white? You know, yeah, you know, that's black and white. That's objective. That's that's supposed to be. How... So I heard this. I heard yeah. this, and I and I thought about that while I was watching the movie. But then I'm like, but this th- that doesn't hold up though, because like yeah. yes, because like, different Senate... perspectives see things objectively and subjectively. It, yeah, it, because the, yeah, yeah, obviously the Senate hearings black and white. This is objective. This is there's a record of it. I get that. That yeah, that makes sense. But then you get scenes where it's just two people in a room talking and again in black and white and like there's no record of this how is this like this is objective facts or whatever yeah. and stuff and then vice versa the same thing goes again like no i, I And agree. then sometimes and... and then sometimes they do a scene in black and white and then again in color the same scene <laughs> that is seemingly the difference in perspective like the 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 sandwich scene the, the scene where he like oppenheimer embarrasses strauss in 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 the hearing and is like Oh, you could do this with a sandwich. In fact, you do like that that scene that show one and white. where like he like they tell Oppenheimer that he's getting his security clearance. Like oh, when he's at the house with yeah, with he's at the and house. Strauss. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, in, and and like for the first time they do that, they show that from Strauss's perspective, and then Oppenheimer's. Like it, it's it's And it, be... it was like thirty seconds later that they show it from Oppenheimer's <laughs> perspective as well. By the way no look, i look i just this is the only part of the movie you'll get me to admit that i think is over stylized for no reason i think it mm. nolan has a clear intention of what he's going for but when you overwhelm the movie this much i didn't grasp any of what the color intention was until i read it and then i watched it again having read it and i was like yeah i would never have got that if you didn't tell me that that's just yeah. something that wouldn't have stood out to me um yeah that's the part of the movie i feel is over designed and that's funnily enough it's the part that nolan is least least versed in i don't mind his style at all watching this but he's never tried something like that before and i think for him it was probably probably an experiment that missed um at least that's how i took it anyway well good for him for trying (laughs) i thought you liked this movie a little bit more than this i feel you're very debbie i like moments of this movie all right I like I like sequences, but would it physically pain you to tell me what you like about this movie just for the sake no. of levity? No, I I really enjoy. Uh, again, this was mostly when I was at the cinema, but the sound design of it was very good. Um, yeah. The the Trinity sequence was great. Um, really enjoyed the, the Trinity test sequence and stuff. And I think Killian Murphy does a a good performance, somewhat. S-s-s-s- somewhat stunted but i know that's kind of the point what do you you mean by stunted there's not much to him you know he he he, he's a little wooden but he's supposed to be you know oh like the playing the character that is meek and mild yeah yes yeah the character of oppenheimer is a little wooden and he's not like hey you know and everything like this you know (laughs) and that would be very strange if he was and it would yes it would (laughs) check out this bomb lads hey. yes um Robert Downey Jr. gives a great performance there are great performances all throughout it. I think it's an incredible performance from Killian Murphy but like it takes a lot to be to stand out with your performance when it is that subdued like I people walked away from this and obviously went oh RDJ's is incredible because he's the loud one he's the one that shouts and you know says says a few swear words and they, 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 that sticks with people as performance often mm. people equate louder equals better and I'm not saying it was bad, it was great. I've abandoned my child! <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it, right? I've abandoned my boy! <laughs> but that's it. People yeah. go, oh, he shouted. That oh, was my that's great. Let's give him yeah. an Oscar, because he shouted That's what that acting time. is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get your paws off me, you <laughs> damn dirty ape! <laughs> but that's like... And I, I I do think the Oscars is changing that slightly. Like, the, the two frontrunners for the... For the for the Best Actor Oscar this year are... Um, Me. Killian Murphy. No, not you. Uh, Killian Murphy and Paul Giamatti, both of which have subdued performances in their films, respectively. What did Paul um, Giamatti do? He did The Holdovers, which is... I only just saw it a couple of days ago. He's fucking brilliant. Cool. So good. No one cares. Move on. <laughs> Why'd you ask? <laughs> I think sometimes people listen to know. this and be like, Nathan sounds insufferable to talk to. <laughs> I didn't ask about The Holdovers. <laughs> i didn't ask your opinion on the movie though. most just... people when you bring something up in a conversation most people allow at least the sentence of leeway Not to... me. <laughs> yeah i know yeah for someone that talks about fucking trimming the fat i can see why you like it you're yeah. like streamline the fuck out of this let's get done yeah. um all right you said you don't like the mute right do you you don't like how ins- how ever present the score is but the music itself you have it's incredible don't tell me I have to like anything else. You know how petty I get, right? <laughs> Yes, I do. I really do. All right. What is your opinion on the quality of the music? It's fine. Oh, It's, it's, it's nothing special. A downgrade, I think, in terms of going from Hans Zimmer to Ludwig uh, Göransson? I think so. Go- Gorenson? Yeah, Gorenson? I would say that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Ludwig is a talented composer. I don't know if he was the right choice for this movie. I think you... you, you it, it, a partnership was which, which has worked out so well in the past that of Nolan and Hans. I I don't understand the choice to, to move away from them. Well, he's he's been away from him for a while. I think he, has he he didn't. Yeah, he didn't do Tenet. Tenet wasn't Hans Zimmer either. Could not tell you a single song in Tenet. <laughs> no, come on, you don't you don't like the free pool, The I genuinely I could not. I've blocked most of that movie out from my memory. Oh man, Tenet's got some really memorable bangers but Lawrence, you've seen it I once it, right? i saw it once in 2020 and i hated it Lawrence. so i haven't really gone back and checked it out if i'm being honest with you you're not very inquisitive are you you watch something once and you're like that's fucked forever that's dumb i hate it for for good i, I could say the exact same thing about you when things you don't like uh, it's fair yeah look ludwig goranson for me i think he's perfect for this right because it like his, the, the stuff that the big hitters that he's done recently. He's not got a flute. He's not got a yeah. big flute. <laughs> that doesn't matter. You don't need big flutes. He does a big flute. <laughs> oh, he does a big flute. Okay. He does a big flute and he goes, ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh. <laughs> yes, he, he does do that, actually. We yeah, all know what he's about. I forgot he did The Mandalorian. Um, that's all I know him from. No, you know him from Black Panther and from. He well, didn't you... do Black Panther. Okay, he did, but that's fine. You're just thinking of Kendrick Lamar who did the soundtrack. <laughs> Did he do Black Panther? Yeah, he scored Black Panther, yeah. I thought Kendrick Lamar scored Black Panther. You thought Kendrick Lamar scored Black composer no, that's Kendrick a, Lamar. No, that's a joke. I thought it would have been you or someone, but alright. No. Um he did Creed, which you will get to see. Never. Um Well, no. <laughs> uh he did Tenet as well. No, look, I think he's 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 the perfect choice for this, right? Because the music, it is this, it it bounces constantly between showing the horror of the of the of what's happened but also viewing it how Oppenheimer sees it at least in the first two hours of the movie which is the creation of like fuck well I think it's said in the movie like three decades of like of fucking physics right like it's 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 the creation that he looks at the Picasso painting and it's like he's looking at the world in a new way and the music reflects that and it's very inquisitive and beautiful and yes heavily included in the movie there's no interstellar no, but it's going for something completely different to Interstellar. Like, I I don't think... I, I like I like the pairing of Nolan and Hans Zimmer, but I think Ludwig's work is, for my money, more memorable recently. Obviously, Interstellar is a fucking enormous score that is lovely. Hans is one of the greatest, Lawrence. I'm not saying he's not one of the greats. I'm just saying there's room for a couple of greats. <laughs> doesn't, like, Ludwig isn't bad because he's not Hans Zimmer. He's very I'm talented. He's, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm you're saying, saying he's you,
0: not, you're not Hans saying His Zimmer. work's
1: forgettable and, like... Oh, come I, d- on. I don't know if I said his work's forgettable. <laughs> you said something to that effect. You don't remember a single like song from this or something. I said I didn't remember anything from Tenet. <laughs> That's Ludwig. Yeah. I didn't say this. I remember stuff from this. Alright. So you, the... you don't like how much it's in the movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm largely indifferent about the score if I'm being honest. It's one of my favourite parts. It's yeah, it's 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 fine, I guess. <laughs> it's 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 no interstellar. Interstellar score hits different, man. The Interstellar score is, like, fucking... Oh, it's so good. That one of the all-time greatest scores right there. And pairs yeah. so well with the movie. Fucking the docking sequence, are you kidding me? Oh, <laughs> so good, man. Look, I don't disagree. You know I don't disagree. But I'm just... I think the music, like, how it's used here is... It's, it's on a movie that is so fucking quickly edited and, and, and smashes you through three-hour story at a breakneck pace like mm. it's the music is the driving force behind it and like i could count on like fucking one hand i wouldn't even need the whole hand to count the amount of scenes in this movie that don't have a score backing it and for some like you said yourself that's 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 jarring and ever-present and a bit irritating but for me i'm like i don't know man it's just, it's just like certain worlds of of filmmaking meet and just if i'm seeing something that looks great on screen a performance that's good with visuals that are lovely and then it's being like handed to me with this incredible score like that to me is just more things coming together and i get that that's overwhelming like for some people that don't like the style but i love it all right great moving on um (laughs) i've i've heard (laughs) There's, there's that impossible to talk to part again you made your point did you have anything else more to say in the score no, I want to hear your thoughts. On I have it. nothing else to say on the score. You know my uh, thoughts. Fine, fine. I'm large. It's no interstellar. That's my thoughts. All right? all right. Moving on, Nathan. Jesus, stop getting wrapped up in this stuff. All right. Interstellar score is better. I'd much rather listen to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've I've heard. I I don't know if I've heard Nolan say this, but I've I've heard people say that apparently this movie has no VFX whatsoever uh right yeah this this is a quote that was it got run away with all right tell me tell me about this so you've absolutely heard that because okay that's been said in the
0: It's surprisingly affordable too. connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P.
1: Truish sense of the word, which are there are no 100% visual shots in this. Okay. There are things filmed practically, enhanced with CGI, which is what Nolan actually said in the interview. Okay, because I was gonna call bull fucking shit oh, on that one. Massive bullshit. Yes, <laughs> yeah, <okay>. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, on. Nolan put the uh, the fucking atomic bomb out there. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that that was <clears throat> that was one of them classic. I'm not going to talk about superheroes. Breaking news, Chris Nolan doesn't want to talk about superheroes. Like yeah. it's that was a that was a, a media effort to basically make Nolan look like a bit of a fool. And look, he I like Nolan, but he does make enough of a fool of himself. He yeah, doesn't I was need help. Say, he doesn't need much help with that one. <laughs> no, like and look, people have this opinion and we've said it before, largely a lot of people's views of Nolan are just made up. <laughs> He's always painted as this like no, you've, I, you have said this exact thing before, yeah, that you know pretty much nothing it. about the man. He doesn't help himself, though, does he? In, in everything I've seen from him directly, he it speaks cohesively and he makes sense. When he's taken out of context with a quote like that, that makes him look like this, I love practical effects, VFX artists are stupid and dumb and I don't need them, which is not him at all. Didn't Robert Downey Jr. recently say that, like, Nolan told him that, like, his... Korea was in the toilet or some shit. I think this was a joke. Like, okay. I don't. Yeah. I like. You know. You know. R. D. J. Yeah. Yeah. I think. because I, I personally I, we're good friends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine a single world where two friends, Nolan and R. D. J. Got together and Nolan went, "You need me," and that worked for <laughs> mm. multi-millionaire Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and this this is what I'm saying, right? He he gets a bad rap because people have people. People have it in the back of their minds that Nolan is this like film robot. Yeah, which he's not. He's a, mm. like, he's genuinely a cool guy uh, from the public perception I have seen of him. Um, but yeah, people do people do rag on him. But no, what what you're referencing he is doesn't like he, chairs. He doesn't he hates like women. Chairs. <laughs> and he hates women. But this is what I mean, right? He doesn't no. like chairs or women. That but we know about him. He, he loves his wife big time. All right. the, the chairs was confirmed as well. The Robert chairs Daniels, was confirmed. Robert yeah. Downey Jr. confirmed. All right, the chairs is confirmed. This is the part I'm saying where he makes yeah. he does he he's good enough at, him, at making himself look like an idiot, and he hates um, women. And he, for fuck's sake, we'll get there, Nathan. Okay. No, the thing you're talking about is he, he said he said there were no 100% VFX shots in the movie, which is true. Everything. Even even the effects of, like, Killian Murphy looking into space and there being, like, a weird light. That's all, mm. like, stuff that he... I don't know how he did it, but he did it with some weird shit that in camera. You can like, do, yeah, you can do shit. Like, like water diluting effects and lights yeah. and stuff. It's, there's ways to do it, but I'm calling bullshit on i being 100% impractical, in-camera practical shots all the time, because... Yeah, because that's no nonsense. Way. That's yeah. not true. Yeah, There's just no way. Yeah. <laughs> it's just flat. The fact that people even went, like, that people even took that and went, like, well, they, well he shouldn't have done that then I'm like why do you believe this this is so obviously not true <laughs> mm, yeah um, but right. I do I do think Nolan doesn't help himself with again the the like seeing himself as above VFX sort of stuff like, well, I don't think he's ever said that that's, that's the image people have but he doesn't help himself with that image though because he does oh, okay. like strive to include like as little of it as possible in his movies like he, it, it seems like it is very much a field that he doesn't respect or care for and like you wanting to do stuff practically isn't like that's good be, be, more stuff practical is absolutely fucking great that's great but yeah. it, it does seem a lot of time that he like looks down his nose on like vFx and stuff when actually it's just a very useful tool that can be used well in mm. movie making but like and 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 I get that and he doesn't help himself. But like, like his movies, like it's clear as like interstellar inception, like even Tenet, it, 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 it's stuff that like you look at it and you go, that's, that can't be practical. So like when people have this opinion of him, I just don't understand it. Cause like watching his movies, you go, it, for oh, me, for me, it's stuff like insisting on like fucking buying an actual plane and destroying a building with it mm-hmm. rather than just doing it with VFX he- and shit. He has, and I get that. Like, but it's not at the end of the day. The director does reserve a right to do the film how they want to do the film. A hundred percent. And yeah. I have a res- and I reserve the right to think it's dumb. I <laughs> know, and that's fine. And there are a lot of things he does go overboard on, which I think mm. are unnecessary to do. Yeah. Um, like there's 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 tiny details he spends hours fucking lording over, going, "How will I do that?" When it's like the answer's there, man. Like it's a couple of people at a computer will do that for you, no problem. Mm. But like, there are things that like like the pl- like again i'm maybe i'm biased cuz dunkirk is one of my favorites but like ha- like shooting in like actual fucking world war 2 planes and like he has spoken at length about he why one of the things he gets out of his job is problem solving like he's he do- he likes being a director to make films obviously but one of the components mm-hmm. of being a director he enjoys so much is figuring it out and going how will i achieve that and like trying to push that boundary and wh- and and the, the thing with it is I think he uses VFX to a very suitable degree. I think he goes overboard on practicality sometimes, but he doesn't not include VFX. It's just he likes practical effects and he, he he prefers on the day to capture stuff in camera. And the fact that he's spoken so openly about how he likes practical effects has made people go, well, then you hate VFX. And he's like, that's not true. I use them just sparingly because I prefer one to the other. But when you say people look down on him, I, that's because his words get taken out of context a lot of the time, I think. He didn't... Um, he didn't solve that problem of... Uh, using the wrong flag in the... <laughs> where were you doing? Where, where are you going? <laughs> he used the wrong flag in the... Um, in the sequence where, like, everyone's like, yeah, we won or whatever. I like how I just said all of that and you're like, well, he got something wrong. <laughs> F- fuck him, I still win. I'm just saying... <laughs> Same what do you want to wanna... solve problems he didn't solve that one did he no, i guess not uh all right what, while we're on that that scene specifically mm. what do you make of that i'm giving scene. a small rally speech yeah it's a good scene it's good scene. I... it's well done mm. again though the, it, it, this is the extent of like the um it, it does go back to like the issue of like no perspective from the japanese cuz this is really the extent of it in the movie what i like about this scene is that it's like the it the director nolan literally directs the trinity test right like an insane feat to pull off right this this melding of like practical visual effects the scoring the editing of it all like it it's it's the it's one of the climax points of the movie that it's been building up to for 2 hours right and then like then you follow it up with like a small rally speech scene and that scene for me beats the trinity test like it's just it's it, it's such a flex of being like i don't know like the camera trickery to pull off the moving backgrounds while he had like a panic attack the swapping out the cheers of excitement from the crowd for like cries of pain um it, there, he's he's in his mind he's already imagining the american public as if they were the victims watching them cheer with a complete disregard for the amount of people that have just died i don't know it's for me it's like an an excellent shift in perspective for killian murphy's character to have that the movie is about to suddenly take us down this route of this whole movie we've been telling you this is an american hero for making this bomb and we're very swiftly about to change course and tell you why this is terrible and i think that scene embodies that really well I feel like anyone with half a brain would already know it's terrible. Yeah, but that, but that I've already <laughs> said that's one of my problems with the movie. But like, it like it, certain movies, they don't need to say something. Like, some things can just be fucking cool and like mm. well made. And like, it's the reason I prefer I like that scene so much is the di- directorial skill on show. Like, it's just mm-hmm. very very well crafted as a piece. It's a good scene. It's a good scene. I like the scene. All right, I, I want to bring up another criticism, which I think. You'll agree with, based on some stuff you've already said, probably. I don't even know if this is a criticism. I go back and forth on whether I like the editing in this movie. Um, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, because it's breakneck, right? Like, yeah, it's too, <laughs> yeah, it's too much. So overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, I I'm I, for this. I don't want to talk about like the structure of it, because like the the editor can't help the script. Like the mm. way that the script is 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 written is the way that it's written. So the sequence edited. Like an editor's job is not deciphering the order of a movie, it can be, but not in this case. Mm. Um, but w- I don't know, I'm, I'm always kind of back and forth on it. It's constantly cutting, nothing is really given breathing room appropriately. This is what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. And I think you have these incredible performances, and while I don't think the editing kneecaps them, I think giving them certain amount of breathing space would also not be a bad thing. It's in that, um, it's mostly a gift these days, but the. The, um, the scene from I don't know one of the Taken movies where Liam Neeson climbs a fence. <laughs> and it's Taken three, like, I know it well. Yeah, and he cuts like fourteen times or some shit yeah. as he climbs over this fence. Yeah, it's like that basically. It's I, it's just too much. It's an assault on the senses. I, look, I I get what you're saying. I don't like this. Is not the thing is the cuts in this. They they work for the pace of the movie. That 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 scene in Taken Three that's just Mm. bad. That's just we filmed it from thirty angles. Have all thirty. That's the mark of a bad editor that doesn't know when to cut something out. Mm. Like whereas this, like either way you slice it, stylistically it works. There's not ever a cut where you go ah and you get that moment of like that looks wrong. In Taken Three, the jump over the fence looks wrong because it's thirty angles of the same movement Mm. and it's too much coverage. Whereas I, stylistically i think the, the the editor does a a great job making this work because it very easily in different hands might not work i'm just torn whether i like the style in that aspect sometimes i love it and sometimes i'm like oh killian murphy was really doing something there with his eyes i want to watch that a bit longer before you you move me on so i don't know i i go back and forth on it but you're you're not a fan though. No? no too much Fair enough. What, what are your problems with the female characters in the movie? What what do you not like about their inclusion? Or that sounds wrong. Like I'm setting you up as a sexist. I, you get what I'm saying? No, Nolan is the sexist. <laughs> no, he's not sexist. Go on. All right. I'm he, gonna be quiet. He you Could have fooled me, Lawrence. <laughs> he genuinely could have fooled me. All right. Okay. I, All right. I think he hates women. I think that's clear from his movies. He doesn't. <laughs> oh, you must know that he doesn't openly hate women. <laughs> he doesn't seem to like them. <laughs> He doesn't seem to like or respect them very much. Uh, considering he never gives them anything to do in his movies other than service the main character. I, th- I I, think I know where you're going with this, but do tell. Go on. Anyway, Florence Pugh. Good performance. Largely irrelevant. Um, Maybe she was killed. Maybe she wasn't. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, I, I don't know either. It's, oh, it's, it's ambiguous, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, great. Um, out of the two, Emily Blunt is the better written character, I think. Yeah, it's still f- incredibly slim pickings though. still like the <laughs> still the best of like two parts of shit, though, you know, because okay. like ugh, there's there's just, I mean like it's it's such a disservice to this real life person. Um, and, it, and, it, and I don't know how fucking accurate this story is. It could all be bullshit for all I know. But like, if if I, if I take the movie at what it's saying to me, that this is all real, this is all fucking factual, okay? Yeah. Here we have a woman who was um, clearly an intelligent person um, and yeah. got with Oppenheimer. They started this relationship, had, had a family, and then clearly she's suffering from postnatal depression. Yeah. Are we going to explore that? Nah, don't worry about it. Let's just let's just completely ignore that and not touch on it all. Let's yeah. just not really touch on her alcoholism, apart from every now and then she'll be like, Oh, let's have a martini, or oh, this place <laughs> needs a saloon. Oh look, here's my flask. Anyway, let's move on and not address this any further. Yeah. Um and then the one scene she gets in the movie to kind of be like, Look how cool I am. It's all about Oppenheimer. It's all in service of protecting her husband she has no agency Mm -hmm. everything she does is just to serve oppenheimer there is nothing in this movie that she does for herself and i get that the movie's called oppenheimer okay yeah but it just seems it just seems a disservice to this real life person who very clearly had her own life like very much outside of the man she married and that's not her whole entire life personality everything she lives and breathes you know Mm. It, it's it's such it's so it it's bad to me. It, it's it's just such a fucking disservice, I think. And especially when you have Emily Blunt, who who already she does give a great performance, but it could have been so much better if she actually had good stuff to work with, rather mm-hmm. than looking forlornly while she took down sheets and occasionally would say, "Let's have a drink," you know. Yeah, I I do I do see your point. I I get because and like I said, that is one of the flaws of the movie. I think that there are. You're absolutely right in an Oppenheimer movie. And it's not just the floor of this movie. You know, no, I, no, but it's, it's something to that condense can... the conversation. Let's it's talk something about something that can be tracked for his filmography, is all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> all right. Look, what what I'll say is I, I, I agree in some respects and disagree in others. I think that there are Tell me where you disagree. I'm interested. Okay. So I, I where I disagree is in like that cool scene. The, the, and it is a very well acted and cool scene the scene where she's like oh no 18 and like she she dicks, she purposely dicks around with the lawyer mm-hmm. um, to fluster him and put him on the back foot for a change I think this could have been explored more it's not perfect at all but what I like that it's going for is that she is the muscle behind a very passive Oppenheimer she sees through him as this ever since she found out about the Gene Tatlock thing and the, the affair she's seen through him as this coward the man who runs away from his problem, literally runs away to the woods to go and hide from would it be problem. great if we explored that a little bit? But I think this scene does explore that, and I get There's that it's scene a seat. Yeah, I, a get, Nathan, I get it, I get it, I'm exactly. agreeing with you. this is my point, though. Right, but hear mine. <laughs> right, go on. Because <laughs> I don't disagree with you, I just think that it's, it's not fully in service of a man. Yes, she's at a hearing for Oppenheimer, I get that, mm. but it's she's the muscle behind him. She's the straight talking person that she's the own of all of the room of men that have like, we see men get carted in and out of this room and they speak plainly and they speak honestly about their experiences with Oppenheimer. But bottom line is they always give the lawyer ammunition to use against Oppenheimer. Even Matt Damon's character who speaks the fondest of him, he's handed a rule of guidelines and goes, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't, you know, class any of these guys as suitable, but I wouldn't class Oppenheimer as well. And that's that's a friendly smile to Oppenheimer, but the lawyer can use that to be like, well, this guy doesn't think he's suitable. They all give the lawyer power, whereas Emily Blunt is the only person that gets him on the back foot and acts as this, if my husband is a coward and won't fight, I'll fight on his behalf. And she calls them out on their idiocy, throwing like fucking glasses across the room and they're all going like, you're all debating this stupidity. You will know that this is Strauss's pettiness. Like there's no, I don't know, like for me, her character was underexplored and there are facets of her character that I would have loved to have seen be more included in the movie. I don't think it's a big ask to have Oppenheimer's wife appear more as a prominent character in the Oppenheimer movie. Totally take that on. I think to say all of her scenes are just in service of a man, like it It, it also does Emily Blunt a disservice, I think. Like she's developed this character with what little she has been given and turned in a performance that many people are saying is Oscar worthy for really predominantly two scenes I think it's she... a great performance I'm not disagreeing with that whatsoever yeah. I think Emily Blunt did a fucking amazing job I think she could have done an even better job had the character actually had some depth in my opinion yeah. I no just, I, I, I agree I yeah. just I just don't see it that way I, I think it was wholly in service of a man it was wholly in service of Oppenheimer because mm. that, that whole but like... wouldn't, wouldn't Oppenheimer's wife as a character act in service of Oppenheimer in that scene scenario? yeah but she can do more than that though her whole yeah. life is not just Oppenheimer you know mm. It, it, again, the the whole thing like postnatal depression, alcoholism; these are all stuff that's brought up in the movie. But then it's just yeah. like, here it is, fuck off, see you later. We don't yeah. need it, you know. It's and, this passing comment of like this happened, but don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's just it's just ridiculous. The same thing happens with fucking Florence Pugh. Like right at the beginning of the movie, where like, uh they meet and they have sex. And, and now she's madly in love with him and calling him on the phone, but like she doesn't want to talk to him. But well, we don't see that. Don't worry about it. We'll just hear about it once and then never again. And he'll bring her flowers, but she doesn't like him. But don't worry about it. You know, it's just it's just a passing thing of like we we hear these things about the women in the movie. We hear yeah. these details. We get given tiny snippets of information, but we're never actually shown much more beyond that. We're never actually shown what it means, other than what it means to Oppenheimer, which is very little. It, like Kitty Oppenheimer's life, as much as I can gather from again what little I've read of the book, right? But like hearing Emily Blunt talk about it and stuff, she is a very accomplished woman. She's a biologist. She's a, like mm. a scientist in her own right. She's obviously not a single sense of that in the movie. Yeah, what well, that and that's the thing. She says it, and these are the things that you know. Look, at the end of the day, she's married to someone who is literally garnered the nickname the father of the atomic bomb what i think the film does is put her in oppenheimer's shadow what i think the film should do is explore how she feels in that shadow Mm. and the film does one thing because it's practical and nolan is very much about moving forward and going this happened if it doesn't directly service my story then we're moving on and he hates women <laughs> stop. No, but does. you be. Name and stuff. You get these moments. You've got Albert Einstein in it. He appears. He, Albert uh, Einstein has more depth than Oppenheimer's <laughs> wife in this movie. Isn't that fucking insane? They, <laughs> I, isn't that insane? I take your point, but like, it was. The, <laughs> the, the, the science is based off of what Albert Einstein did with the theory of relativity. Like, no, that's he, uh, fucking insane, like, <laughs> I Look, I take your point, but I think you are being hyperbolic a little bit there. <laughs> look. I'm not I, the one who hates women. <laughs> <laughs> are you do you are you a f- i can't remember if we've ever spoken about this I, I i have vague memories of us maybe mentioning it once um where are you at on what people classes like people have often said this is the most offensive scene in the movie and i while i agree that the women there is something to something left desired about like how they yeah. should be more fleshed out people talk about the florence Pugh straddling killian murphy scene as like offensive it's not offensive in any way yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm glad. I'm glad we agree. The intention behind that is very clear. Yeah, it's, it's very clearly a moment of Emily Blunt. You know, she, she knew about the affair, but having it re brought up and mm. and having to have her have her like you know her her laundry laid bare in front of everyone is on very the record a, forever. Forever, it, yeah. Exactly. It's very much a you know that kind of a moment and having her being visibly uncomfortable with having to relive this this these memories that she has yeah. and having to relive the facts that her husband was unfaithful to her. It makes sense that we'd see that at that moment. I I agree and it's also mm. there's also this nice not nice but there's also this quality of it where it's you know it's also a very exposing thing to read onto the record for admittedly long dead Jean Tatlock by this point, right? But like she's also it's having Jean's her Tatlock. Old, that's that's Florence Pugh. Oh okay. Yeah. But that, that's also, like, having her laundry laid bare, and also, like, the even the positioning, because Nola doesn't do sex scenes very much. And, and let's all thank the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a regular occurrence. Okay? And I, I agree, right? I don't think it's a strong suit. <laughs> um, but, like, this was a very clear intention for me to show Florence mm. Pugh's character straddling Oppenheimer, because they the people in that room all the all the security board members right they that's all they see Jean tatlock as not as this Mm -hmm. you know tortured woman in her own right literally they see her as a leech straddling oppenheimer to you know pry away at him get information as a communist spy they don't see her as a woman with emotions and feelings and you know intimate this intimate bond that she kind of presumed she had with oppenheimer but oppenheimer's a dog and you can't (laughs) you can't you can't put a man down he says he is a dog. There was one point in the movie when they just brought up, like, this other woman, apparently, that he's been having an affair with the whole time. And then Do you not get that like, sense? He was flirting with her the whole movie. All right. First of all, she showed up, like, twice. Okay. again, she, She's hates... in the movie, like, 20 times in little Nolan, scenes. Nolan hates women. She's in it twice. All right? Nathan, you're wrong. And then, But then he's just like, yeah, I am having an affair, but let's not talk about that right now. Like, okay. He's a dog, man. He's a cunt, is what he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a dog. Now I he's, know when no one idolizes him. <laughs> like, <laughs> for fuck's sake. Yes, Daddy Oppenheimer. There is, look, there's this paradoxical <laughs> nature of it, which is like, the movie sets it up. That's the whole point of Oppenheimer's character. He flip-flops on his decisions. He's indecisive. He makes a bomb then doesn't want to make a bomb because he doesn't want the arms race to happen, but he started the arms race by making the bomb. Like, it's the first, one of the first things he says to us. He shouldn't student. have made the bomb. Yeah, yeah, he shouldn't have made the bomb. That's, no one yes. should have made the bomb but it's there's this there is this paradoxical nature he says you know how does this thing work at the same time this does it's paradoxical it doesn't work yet it does and the the film does continue that theme like he he refuses to lie under oath in a in a hearing but then breaks the oath that he makes to his wife he designs the atom bomb but discourages the hydrogen bomb like and then despite the fact that he worked on he worked on it with teller or at least in theory spoke about it um yeah, my my point is he often d- does something and says the opposite. Like, it's... Mm. I, I like it. I like that as a character trait for him because it doesn't make sense and you can't really read his intention. And it's this person who kind of... He is treated as this kind of character that floats above everyone else and because he is so intelligent, operates on, like, a higher plane to all of them, which just makes him look like what he is, which is a fucking egotistical prick who views himself as this, like, striving for success god and then goes oh I didn't like it I didn't like that I did that I feel bad mm. feel feel bad for me I'm not gonna fight on trial so that the world can see that I am self-reflective and I, I i i I have regrets but then he never publicly regrets them because he doesn't want to shun his own work because he feels too much pride in it mm-hmm. like I don't know I, I, I like all of that stuff I think it's very nuanced and subtle and it 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 would have been very easy to walk in and just show oppenheimer as an egotistical prick nolan does write him as a fully fleshed out character which is more interesting even if it even if it makes you go i'd like this character less it's way more interesting to watch than if oppenheimer was black and white i suck straight away i do like jack quaid and his bongos (laughs) there's loads of little people Just appear in this, aren't they? Little people. No. <laughs> Fuck's sake. No, but like you get, you got, you got Josh Peck. He even said like Rami Malek shows up and he's what like. What is Josh Peck doing here, man? He's not bad in it. He, he, I know he only presses a, he's a button. He's in like fucking once. He's in like two scenes. He's like hugging a chair at one point. And then he's like f- suddenly in charge of like fucking pressing the big red button or some <laughs> shit, man. And he doesn't even get to press it. And he doesn't even say Megan no i know why didn't he say megan exactly <laughs> yeah that's where that's where it went wrong if it said mm. megan is this a five star for you no okay fair <laughs> enough. um all right yeah i don't know who who was your favorite little weirdo that was that just popped up jack quaid jack, oh yeah and his bongos. yeah yeah, yeah good good little bongos who yeah. else who else shows up in this just out of nowhere there's there's one woman on the team who shows up and they're like, oh, you got to get out of here because it might fuck up your reproductive organs. (laughs) You can't be on this team. I do like a comeback to that, which is like presumably you are more exposed, like just just by nature of what we both know. (laughs) Um, All right. What else have you got to say? uh, I think it's fine. I don't want to watch it again. I think it's way too long. Cut out all the fucking Senate bullshit and then just, just call it the fucking Manhattan Project. End it with a Trinity <laughs> test see- End it with that fucking... that sequence when he's, like, giving a speech after the Trinity test, after the bombing or whatever. Mm. End it with a fucking Truman telling him to wipe his hands. And fuck it, I don't care. Do you want to talk about the MCU suit-up and the Kennedy tease for the post credits? The Kennedy tease were so fucking stupid, man. Oh, my God. It implies that Robert Downey Jr. is gonna is somehow behind the assassination of Kennedy. It's so fucking stupid. No, it doesn't. It does, man. This guy's all about fucking payback Uh, and like getting his own way. And then they're reading wildly too much into this. No, they literally went. It was just a reference of. Yeah, JFK actually was one of the people historically that voted against him getting this job, and they just went, "Ah, oh, JFK," like it was nothing. They, they It then didn't off. cut to Robert Downey Jr. being like, "Ah, oh, well, I'll better get in touch with Lee Harvey Oswald then." No, they 100. They fucking no one knew what he was doing, man. They they had RDJ specifically ask who what his name was because <laughs> because we know at this point he's all about getting payback. He's a petty guy who cannot let hold. He cannot let go of a grudge. He's going to hold on to it. It's going to let it fester. But like, there. There, was a, there were like three people voted against him. like he only f- asked for one, and they only gave him one name. And <laughs> whose name was it? And what happened to that one name? I don't think Nolan is, has stuck true to life on these events that are very well documented in history and then gone. At the end, by the way, this character that I've worked really hard on bringing into the light, he's also going to kill JFK. I made that bit up. Lol, what do you guys think? Like, that's n- what it seems like he's saying. That's You're, why it's you're dumb. nuts. That is, there is no way I'm that, not that nuts, is implied. He's nuts. He's there's nuts, no completely. way that that is implied. He's 100% implied. I, I have seen so many opinions of that, and it is dumb. And I'm not saying it's a great line, I think it's, it's a silly it's line. So, even outside of that, though, it's so fucking str- It literally reads like fucking Nick Fury looking out of a window <laughs> with his back to the camera, like fucking saying, like, you think you're the only superhero in the world? Like it's so fucking stupid, man. I see. I think the stupider one is the suit up. I think that you know you're not a, you're a scientist, Oppie. dressed like a scientist, and then you get the suit the hat. up is pretty fucking dumb. It's nowhere near as dumb as JFK. I think you're genuinely insane if you think that's like about Strauss killing a fucking JFK. That's there's insane. There's a young, there's a young superhero trying to make his name for himself. <laughs> they call him Spider Man. <laughs> Well, it's literally the same thing, man. You know. Have you I, I, at risk of making you extremely cross? Because I feel like if if you're not already set off, this will set you off. Have you heard on a specific read on the the moving the the ending of this movie about how it might be a larger meta? I don't I don't agree with this. I think people are reaching way too far. And I think I feel you know, like the ending is pretty clear. No, but like this kind of meta textual element of like go on. Basically, people are. Uh, seeing that, seeing the RDJ casting, and knowing oh God, that Nolan, God, God, yeah, God, and knowing God. that Nolan, obviously not, and I, this is where I think people get it wrong. Popularized a certain a caliber of superhero movies. You know, two thousand and eight, the year of Iron Man, the year of Batman. Like these, like both of these were mega hits. Fucking Dark Knight, specifically. Superhero movies had been going for a while up until this point, but not to this scale. Like two thousand and eight was the the year it boomed. Um and it and it became a thing.
0: It wasn't uh, the
1: year it boomed. It was the it was it was the beginning of the it, Yeah, movie. it it was the beginning, yeah. But, but it wasn't it was the not. year it boomed. Oh, no, but it, it set the course. I would argue that wasn't until like twenty fourteen, roughly. No, twenty twelve was the Avengers. And, yeah, and so but you had been going for a while up to then. Yeah, but I don't think even then I don't think it was until and guardians was the boom point for me do you reckon guardians was already the success guardians wouldn't have succeeded without there being a a boom prior no one was tuning into guardians of the galaxy it was but it was the fact that people tuned into it which proved there was a boom for me Uh, yeah yeah i see i see that point yeah. yeah um but anyway the read on this which i think is moronic is people read chris nolan as this oppenheimer figure Looking at the creation of the Dark Knight, regretting his hand in the the shift in the industry that has happened because of the oh superhero. God, I completely boom. forgot Nolan did the Dark Knight. Fucking hell. Yeah. I've been sat, we even talked about Nolan movies. I completely forgot he did those. Yeah. That in my head, that was just someone else entirely. Oh my god. <laughs> of, of course he did. Sorry, go on. And the, and the with the casting of Robert Downey Jr., it's very much so people take it very much as a like this i you know I'm making a comment on my relationship to superhero movies and my regret in popularizing them to the extent where now they are this oppressive force in movie making industry. <laughs> I don't disagree i don't I don't agree with this. <laughs> I'm just That's... telling you something I read. I, don't, I, li- I like the idea of Nolan making a two hundred million dollar three hour movie all about the creation of the atom bomb and Oppenheimer, just to say I shouldn't have made Batman that one time or yeah. those three times or whatever. I deeply regret the movie that made me. <laughs> the god that studios revere so much. I, I hate the fact that I'm I became so popular and my career boomed after this. I <laughs> was so fucking dumb. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, very silly little thing. Um right. Any little things? Anything to finish off on? No. No. <laughs> Are you happy or you rewatch this? Um it made me realise I like it a lot less. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean look, i'm glad it's put you at peace I, I now i'm wishing you never watched it again so that we could talk about this with you fondly um hey hey it's it's fine cut an hour off and it will be a better movie and also give the women something to do i don't disagree w- with the second one i disagree but wholly on the first one you hate women though so <laughs> that's the one i agree with no you and Nolan hate women so. <laughs> Uh, last little thing I'll say is all an Iron rack. Han Solo, going toe to toe with R. D. J. That's good stuff. Yeah, Han Solo, underappreciated, my man's. He's a good actor. He is a very good actor, and that leads me on to something, Nathan. It's the time of the show that we talk about recommendations. I uh, love recommending things, Lawrence. I know you do, Nathan. Uh, and when we recommend stuff, it could be something we've watched, read, or listened to, or experienced, just anything we've done in the past week that we'd love to share with the lovely, loyal listeners and each other. Uh, Nathan, go ahead. I know you're going to throw it back. Yeah, throw it back. Nice, no, all right, cool. <laughs> I just had to do that. Uh, Fair Play, a movie uh, uh, starring Phoebe Denver, who is the girl from Bridgerton, uh, who is very good, and Alden Ehrenreich. Um Never heard of him. Phoebe Denver, alden Uh It's a movie on Netflix, came out last year. Um, it's basically about a couple- Netflix? Yes, Nathan, Netflix. Wow. I know. Uh, it's a couple who work in finance in this very, like, fucking New York, dog-eat-dog, horrible corporate world. Why are the dogs eating dogs? I don't know, man. I've always they thought they not got about food? this. Yeah. They've not got, like, a little kibble? <sighs> yeah, they should. Some, someone should be feeding them Someone else, not other yeah. dogs. Don't let the dogs eat dogs. Yeah. If you have a dog and you're letting it eat other dogs you're you're a bad owner. Um I am going to live in a dog eats a nice meal world. That's where <laughs> yes. Live same. In. That's right. I live. Dog eats dog food world for me. Yes. <laughs> um not even anyway. not even just a nice meal like a nice steak or something. You know like in cartoons or like with Tom and Jerry where they like they give the dog like a big steak. Oh, look, look at this T-bone, right? Yeah, here. A big yeah. T-bone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you you shouldn't do that to you shouldn't give him that all the time. You can give him <laughs> heart problems. Yeah. Like them. You know, one of my favorite Simpson jokes is Homer is getting chased by some like wild dogs, and he like he like pulls out like you know like a cartoonish like string of sausages. Yeah, and goes, he eat the sausages. And he goes, "I know what'll help me." And then he eats the sausages, <laughs> and then, these sausages will give me the perfect energy I need to get away. <laughs> it's so funny. That's bro. very good. Simpsons is great for uh, little visual stupid fucking it is gags. It's so like great, that. Yeah, they, yeah. They're so good at little um, subverting your expectation jokes yeah. like that. They're so good. Yeah. <laughs> I know what the, hell. <laughs> the. The second you said it, and it was Homer Simpson. I was like, I know exactly yeah. where this yeah, is going. It does, yeah. yeah but it's great. Um, listen, uh, mm. so this movie—it's a power struggle, relationship dynamic. Uh, it's sometimes a bit tough to watch. I watched it today, but I think it's—it was a great movie. I literally put it on thinking and knowing nothing about it um and then i was very very quickly gripped and alden ironreich like I, I phoebe denver's amazing his career best from her of what little i've seen of her career um wow no but alden ironreich is like we've always been saying he's been underappreciated since day dot his big introduction with solo was like they even did like a fucking press tour smear fucking campaign. And this guy needed acting lessons. This guy sucks so bad. He almost ruined the whole film, yeah. and it's and he's he's the best part of the movie. And he's a great performer. He was good in Cocaine Bear. Um, he's he's good in this movie. Like I said, he goes toe to toe with R D J. But this is the first time I think he's given real meat to chew on. Obviously, Solo is is a great movie for him, but it's it's mostly wrapped up in I'm Han Solo and this is Star Wars it's a larger world that you have to pay attention to whereas this it's very much like a a character study that he does um, fun fact our very first episode so it like, was yeah yeah all those years ago fucking hell two naive little boys Just starting too- <laughs> a podcast journey <laughs> two young boys <laughs> yeah um, no but I've always said I want to see more of Alden <clears throat> and I saw this movie <clears throat> and I was like god damn I need to watch more of Alden and <clears throat> I wasn't disappointed very very good movie He's good. He's good in cocaine, bear. So is that TikTok boy? Yeah. <laughs> then die. <laughs> then die. Everyone knows him as the then die guy from TikTok. Yeah, it's great. It's uh, good stuff. It is good stuff. Nathan, what are you recommending to me and to our lovely listeners? Lawrence, I am recommending Mean Girls 2020. Uh, I think technically three. No, no, it is 2024. It's 20, four, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, mean Girls. The Ooh. the I recently watched it. It's good fun. I enjoyed it. Um, it's it's. Uh, I think a lot of people. I don't think they realized the musical of Mean Girls existed, and they were like, "Oh, it's just a remake of the 2004 Mean Girls," but they made it a musical. Oh, they for think for they just reason. added songs yeah, to make a remake. Like, yeah. No, there's there was a Broadway <laughs> musical of Mean Girls. I, again, I think it was written by Tina Fey as well. Yeah. As was the movie um and and uh it's great it's good fun it's uh it's really good stuff um renee rap is great she's she's someone the kids enjoy who um what does she sing i know the name she's i don't know what she sings i don't know her. but she's um, you know one of the kids on tiktok frequenting um, her sounds no i'm not i'm more of a uh taylor swift olivia rodrigo kind of guy uh, hard like to olivia not be rodrigo yeah Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift collaboration when is it's what I say. <laughs> Go off, yeah. So uh, well, ironically, would fucking be insane. <laughs> there's Sabrina Carpenter is, I think, a new one that oh, the kids I are like, enjoying um, as well. Is she the one that made an album and then made <clears throat> it again for a Christmas version? I don't know. Where she's like, I need that Charles Dickens or something. She does talk about dick a lot, yeah. 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 Good stuff. Good stuff um anyway no it's it's good it's good um it's good movie it's good good musical good songs um that's the oldest we've ever sounded like just realized it really is yeah it's not it's not quite as good as the the broadway version in terms of like the music and stuff Um. i think it does lose a little bit in translation Um, But i think it's a good adaptation i saw someone saying like Cause there was a clip of it posted on Twitter, and it's like, and the the comment was like, "This just looks like an extended TikTok," and like, but like that's the whole fucking point of the the, <laughs> the like, the, it's literally filmed like a TikTok because it's it's a satire of like Gen Z culture and what's popular oh, and I shit, see. and yeah, it's yeah. very it's very Gen Z, and like TikTok is a part of it and stuff, and it's it's used well, and I think it's it's good fun. I enjoy it. Where, can you watch that? Where's that out? Yeah, I pirated it. Uh, Nathan. <laughs> Nathan! Nathan, no! You can pirate <laughs> <laughs> it. It really depends, and audiences will know this in real time. It depends how annoyed I get back listening to your Oppenheimer takes while editing this, if I sense that keep one. keep that. Right. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'd Put that in there, man. I don't give a fuck. Nathan is sailing the seven seas. Everyone. I will sail the seven seas. Fucking... If Warner Brothers can just fucking delete a movie, then true, fucking yeah. I can sell the seven seas. It's so, got to the point where piracy is actually synonymous with preservation at this point. Piracy is ethical, as far as I'm concerned, all yeah. right? I mean, so, any money taken from big corporations is ethical. Exactly. Do it, that's what I say. It's activism. I do it every day um, for work. There you go, I'm telling no, it's transformative. It falls under copyright use. I'm <laughs> calling the BFB. Oh, no. don't, talk, don't talk to me about copyright, Lawrence. <laughs> I've been fucking uploading the archive of of this podcast onto YouTube. And do you remember there was a streak where I thought it would be funny to end? We, this went for like 20 episodes or so. But yeah. I always thought it would be funny to sign off with a song or <laughs> <laughs> And it was usually a Taylor Swift song. Now I'm fucking dodging copyright claims left <laughs> right and send it here because of this. Look, I mean I warned so, you in real time. Look if you live in Belarus or Russia, I think some videos will be blocked for you. But, <laughs> Sorry guys. But it is what it is, you know. Look, they're on here. You can listen Use to a VPN. them on here. Use a VPN. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever. Um lovely stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you very, very much for listening, everyone. Uh, If you have enjoyed the show, then please feel free to leave us a little five-star review. That would be much appreciated. Uh, You can do that on your podcast platform of choice, especially Apple, because you can write a little message there. It's always nice to hear what you guys... uh, It's always nice to hear what you guys think of the show. Um, You can also... There's like a Q&A thing on Spotify. It's like, what do you think of this? Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Instead, yeah. go to YouTube and go to youtube.com forward slash another happy studios uh, where we are there now. The link is in the bio. So yes. click on that if you like or just search it like a main. The, disc- the the show notes, Lawrence, not the bio. I, oh, is it show notes? Yeah. Show notes for podcasts. Yes. Mm. should know that. We've had yeah. a podcast for three, four years. Yes. Four years this year. Bloody yeah. hell. Happy birthday to us. So uh, t- Well, later in the year. Yeah. Like September. Oh yeah. So not quite. Yeah. Not quite. No. Okay. And it's our two hundredth episode this year. Ooh. I wonder yeah. if we'll get a special guest. I actually have not sent that message. We'll find out. You really <laughs> should. You wanna you know, get put that yeah. in early. <laughs> yeah. Uh next week, get excited because we're gonna be doing this.
0: is Jesus Christ what <laughs> oh my fucking god, fucking
1: driver's souls, holy shit. What the fuck? There we go. There we Wah-hoo, go. Wahoo, it's not Mario. Wahoo, it's not Mario. <laughs> <Are you> Figure it <laughs> out. <laughs> That's another fucking copyright claim right there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, basically. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at another happy pod. That's where you'll get post reminders for new episodes that go up every single Friday at 10am. It's also a place where you can suggest topics by following the link in our pinned tweet. No promises, but we have already done this year uh, The Thing and Saltburn, which were very, very fun. Uh, Yeah, you can suggest something. We might get to it. We might not. Absolutely no promises. (laughs) As, As we are often saying, we have a very booked up schedule, but we have made exceptions in the past. It's not... It's not unheard of. Um, Nathan, we have another podcast as well, don't we? We do, Lawrence. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> What's this? Tell me. Tell me Ooh. about it, Nathan, as if I had no idea. Oh, okay. Well, you should have said. I apologize. Um, it's called Still Got Legs. It's our Doctor Who rewatch podcast, um, where each week we watch and discuss an episode of Doctor Who. We're about to start Series 5. Um, we've finished the David Tennant era now, all wrapped up, and we're moving on to Matt Smith and Series 5. So it's going to be a good fun time, a good point to jump on. Um, again, that's available on YouTube at another Happy Studios, um, or uh, at Still Got Legs, wherever you get your podcasts. So... There you go. Check it the fuck out. It is a great jumping on point because we're now <laughs> new yeah. showrunner, new doctor, new Tardis, new costume, new companions, new everything. New so, rules. Yeah. No. <laughs> no more in jokes. All yeah. right. We're starting afresh. Yeah. We are starting afresh. Don't worry about the the length of like the last few episodes. All right. Yeah. It won't be a problem going a, forward. Yeah. We We made some changes. All right. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> don't be dissuaded, please yes. uh, lovely stuff thank you for listening everyone we will see you mm. all next week uh, for some big dino boys Jurassic Park Power Rangers Dino Thunder Can I want to do the Jurassic World movies too are you still going we still yeah I'm still going <laughs> well we can leave this in <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> okay, no, we haven't had another happy pod after dark in a while have we <laughs> let's have a little chat yeah <laughs> uh, what the Jurassic World movies yeah I think I've I... seen Jurassic World and that's it You've not seen Lawrence. You're doing this is right. We need to we need to figure out where to, where to put them. <laughs> we need in. to find three spaces. <laughs> what are they? There, there's spots. Jurassic World, Jurassic World, Jurassic what? World, Jurassic World, the other one, and then Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, like New Fallen Kingdom or something? Is it Fallen Kingdom? That's yeah. it. Okay. Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. yeah, and then New World Order. No Dominion. Dominion. There's What's... no New World Order. What is this? What is this? oh this that's racist... Captain America that I'm doing. Yeah. What is this <laughs> racist rhetoric you're coming up with? <laughs> I don't like these. <laughs> the dinosaurs might have made a New World Order. We don't no, know. No, no I know. I've seen them, Lawrence. Yeah, we haven't seen the next one, which is called They're New World Order. They're better than the Jurassic Park movies. I, think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's an argument to be made. I, I, I like the first one quite strongly, and then I think two and three are like, well, there's some sizzle. We'll see. I I guess we'll talk about it next week. Uh, anyway, yeah, bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening.
0: Selling a little...